You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 20. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for this 20th episode of How Does She Do It, a weekly podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. I am your host, Tiffany, and this week's episode is the first after I announced that I'd be going um, for putting up episodes every two weeks. And so uh, thank you for listening and bearing with the shift in schedule. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com slash 20. If you are on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at howdoes underscore she do it on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to join the email list, which I think that you should, you should go to howdoesshedoitpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list there. And the email list is an opportunity to join the community to find out exclusive information about announcements, events that I'm doing, um, other things that I have going on. And, um, and it's just an opportunity to just be a part of the, of the how does she do it family, if you will. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you can send an email to Tiffany at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com and I can answer a question that you have on the show during the hashtag AskTiff segment or I can respond to the email directly. Um, But if you, like I said, feel free to send an email there. And if you have not done so already, please go on Facebook and like the Facebook page. It's just How Does She Do It Podcast if you search for it or if you go to facebook.com slash slash how does she do a podcast you will find the page there so as always thank you for your support thank you for your reviews thank you for your ratings and um let's get into this week's show If you listened to last week's episode, you will have heard that I was going on vacation. I went to Colombia um, last week and I got back this week, uh, this past uh, Sunday, and it was amazing. And in that time, I was definitely much less tuned into social media. We had Wi-Fi in the places that we were staying in, but I just wasn't, you know, on there as often. I spent most of my time on Wi-Fi, honestly, uploading um, snaps on Snapchat. You can follow me on Snapchat too, at Tiff South, um, Tiff with two Fs, or um, and uploading pictures to Instagram. But you know, every once in a while, you. I came across a couple things on Facebook. So this week's Just My Thoughts, I was tempted to almost do this as a whole Just My Thoughts episode, but honestly, there are just too many things to talk about. Like my, I, I don't even, honestly don't even know where to start, but I will do my best. Today is, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Yesterday was Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday, um, I honestly had to look it up to really understand what it means. There are, I think, about 12 states in the country and one of the U.S. territories that hold elections. Some states hold uh, these elections um, or um, what do they call them? Super, 
or caucuses rather, not super anything, caucuses. And some states do it for both Republicans and Democrats. Some states do it only for Republicans. Some states only do it for the Democratic Party. And Donald Trump is doing too well. And I'm not going to give, he does not deserve much more time than that. I have no idea what's going on between Hillary and Bernie. It's I honestly, I, I just, I can't, I, politics wear me out. They stress me out. I, um, deliberately avoid paying attention to political coverage because it just, it just stresses me out, but please educate yourself. Please vote so that Donald Trump does not become our next president of the United States of America. So moving on from Donald Trump um, and kind of backtracking a little bit, the Oscars happened this weekend and the Oscars had been, I think, particularly anticipated this year because of the hashtag Oscars so white and the fact that there were no minorities nominated if in any category, if I'm, I'm, I hope, I don't think I'm overstating that. Chris Rock was the host, and if you know anything about Chris Rock and his comedy, you know he has the potential to be very controversial. And controversial he was. I did not watch the whole Oscars because it, it most of the time is just deathly boring, but I watched the monologue. I watched his 10-minute monologue at the beginning of the show, and... From there, I think both with the monologue and from the rest of his performance, he delivered a mixture of discomfort and reality for white people and some discomfort for black people Um, with a little bit of, I'm not exactly sure what you were trying to do there. So I'm not going to go into all of the, you know, his, the details. I'll put links in the show notes to some of the, to, to, to his, um, the transcript of his monologue, but he, you know, he opened up by saying, you know, they have the, you know, how they do like the montage in the beginning with all the movies that are, you know, clips of different movies that are nominated. And he said, oh, he think he counted about 15 black people. And he went on to say, um, you know, people are asking if the Oscars are racist. And he said, of course, the Oscars are racist, which is kind of an obvious thing. Um, But they're just sorority racist. So it's like, you're great. You're just not good enough for this. And he continued to say, you know, um, black people, actors and actresses of color just want opportunity. They want the same opportunity to do good parts, not just good parts that are, you know, slaves or good parts that are this or good parts that are that. And, um, at the same time, he, he balanced it out, if you will, like he, you know, he started making jokes so that the whole audience was laughing. Then he made people really uncomfortable. Then there were times that white people were laughing like, like thunderous laughter at things that they should not have been laughing at, like jokes about black people being lynched. And I don't know if they were laughing out of discomfort or just laughing because they didn't actually get the joke and realize that it wasn't actually like a funny, you should be laughing kind of joke, but whatever. Um, he did at some point in, especially in, in the opening monologue kind of downplay the fact that people should be protesting or taking issue with the Oscars. Um, 
I think you can interpret his statement in in multiple ways, but he basically said, you know, that this was the 88th Oscars, and it's been for at least 71 times there have been no black people nominated. So why protest now? And he, you know, he made a, a reference to Oscars that took place during the 60s and and such, and that people didn't protest protest the Oscars then because they had more important things to boycott. They had more important important things to worry about. And that implies that the things that we're worrying about now are not important. And I disagree with that. Um, maybe that's not how he necessarily feels on the inside, but it was for the, you know, the sake of the joke. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to his intentions. Um, but I took a little bit of a, of an issue with that. He got at Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith for saying that, you know, so what, basically, so what if you're not coming because it's not somewhere you would have been invited to anyway. He made a joke about Rihanna that I won't repeat, but um, he's like, it doesn't really matter if you don't show up to somewhere you weren't invited in the first place. So um, I'll leave you to listen to his, you know, his monologue yourself, read the transcript, read the articles um, to see kind of what you think about it. But he did do something that I and you know during the Oscars the hosts they do like skits and things like that. He made a he did two skits that I think were only the only two and one only one of them I actually saw live. The others I I found I read about later. The first one that I saw, he brought out Stacy Dash. So if you remember, I believe it might have been two episodes ago, I offered Stacey Dash a seat because on this very topic, she was commenting saying that we shouldn't, you know, black people basically shouldn't be complaining about the Oscars. And he brought her out, you know, pretending to say that she was the new, like, um, director of diversity for the Academy or something like that. And it was clear that the joke... It was a joke mostly, I think, for people of color and black people because the white people just didn't get it. And it wasn't funny. It was actually really stupid, I think, that he brought her out. Because first of all, she looked like a light, lighter version of herself, which I don't exactly understand. And she came out there to be a, the butt of a joke about herself. And it makes me think that she did it because relevancy and being a part of conversation immediately is what she might be concerned about. But I didn't, I don't know where he was landing with that. So um, I was left just, like I said, I didn't see the whole show. I don't know what else he did. Oh, the other thing that he did was he implied that he was making some joke about the account, an accounting firm um, bringing on, you know, do tabulating votes or something like that. And he brought out two, he brought out children and they were, it was two Asian children and a, a girl who he said what he said was Jewish. And I didn't understand that joke either. Number one, they're kids, leave the kids alone, but I don't, it just, he just took it. I don't know. I don't want to, I just, I don't know. So that being said, again, Check out the link in the show notes to Chris Rock's commentary on the Oscars. And the last piece of Just My Thoughts are related to Melissa um, Harris-Perry. 
Dr. Harris Perry is a host um, of an NBC, MSNBC, excuse me, show. And actually she's former because basically what it's, what seems has happened is that in the last several months since the election coverage has been picking up MSNBC and potentially other networks, but MSNBC is the one that's at issue now, has been shuffling around their shows. And this shuffling seems to have had a disproportionate effect on the shows that are hosted by people of color. And um, it seems as though after months, after weeks of trying to get answers about why her show was being shifted, uh, she wasn't getting any answers. And so Melissa Harris Perry decided that she was not filming her show. And eventually in the last several days that, that she has since parted ways with the network. There were apparently some failed negotiations. One of the terms of the negotiations was to... Um, for her to sign a non-disclosure agreement, she refused to do so, therefore no agreement and show's done. She's a professor at Wake Forest. She's taught at other universities before. My, I mean, I, I have no concern that she's not going to be continue to be successful from here because she had a very, um, a very great show. She posted some statistics on Twitter about the representation that she brought to conversations about politics, about social issues, and as far as making them more balanced by gender and by race and ethnicity. That her show was one of is maybe the only show one of these shows on msnbc that did that with strong um with a strong showing and strong presence so it is unfortunate that this is is come to this point but what i think the larger conversation is of course msnbc is denying that this is malice intent and blah 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 blah. and of course i think as as chris rock said it's not racism it's not you know um white hoods and um, burning crosses racism, but there are there's a disregard for people of color in various various aspects um, and various um, facets of American life, um, and people are treated differently often in ways that are not detected until you actually pay attention. If you just gloss over things, you can see that um, you, 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 it'd be easy to miss it unless you're a person of color, unless you're a woman, unless these things directly impact you, then you see them as bright as day. For example, something else that I learned that happened, um, and actually it happened, I think, a few weeks ago, there was a police officer in New York City who was convicted of manslaughter for killing an African-American man in a stairwell in an apartment building, but the officer who was convicted, he's Asian American. And that caused a very a big uproar in New York City because if you know anything about, if you've been paying attention to anything that's been happening in the last year to 50 years in this country, police officers tend to not be convicted of crimes that, um, of killing, um, African-American people. And if they are, it seems as it might, one could say that if they're convicted, it's possibly because they're not white. So I don't, I, again, I don't know there are a lot more details to this case and to this story that I have not done research on. Like I said, I, I learned that um, kind of on a superficial level, but it's food for thought. It's food for thought. Um, and I think the circumstances of that case were also different than they were in, a, in some other cases, but um, it just makes you, it just makes you think. And the last thing that I'll say for just my thoughts for this week is I had seen some chatter about this episode of Blackish that was 
remarkable. And um, the episode centered around the family watching and waiting for a verdict to come down in a the death of a of an African American man in California. And so they talked about what you saw was a really great representation of the differences of opinion that exist even within the black community about these issues. And I thought it was, it was very well done. I was actually moved to tears at a certain point in the episode because it was so powerful and it was so, it hit so very close to home. Um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to check that episode out, um, I think you should. Blackish, I think, is a very, very good show. It's very funny. It's very real. Um, and it I think that it does a good job of showing a just a family. Um, just a family. It shows black issues. It talks about things. There are some caricaturist uh caricature. Anyway, there are some things that are over exaggerated, but I think um I think generally speaking, I think that it's it's a really good show. So check it out. And those are just my thoughts for this week. I know that was a bit long-winded, but it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast to step to. Okay, I'm bye. I'm done. So like I mentioned, I had the opportunity to go on vacation, much, much needed vacation. Uh, and I went to Columbia. I went to Columbia with Boo and two of our friends. And it was amazing. I have to say that I did not do as much research before I left uh, for this trip like I did when I was going to Brazil last year, I didn't get a chance to do, just get to learn more about Colombia in advance because I was honestly, I was just, I was so swamped at work. And every time I got started to do it, you know, I got distracted and I just didn't get a chance to do it. So I went there, um, on, you know, based on the itinerary of another friend of ours. And, um, she as always does an amazing job of making sure, you know, we are going to be where we're supposed to be and when we're supposed to be there. So, we flew in to Bogota and we also had the opportunity to spend time in Cartagena. And we, I think Colombia is a beautiful country. It is um, in South America, for those who don't know, because I had to actually figure it out. I had thought, I assumed at first that it was in Central America. That goes to show you how much, um, you know, I've learned about geography in my life, but I'm getting better. Um, and we had a chance to go to do a graffiti tour in Bogota, which was excellent. I mean, we saw some some of the most beautiful graffiti that I've seen. And it's not just what we learned during the tour is that you have taggers and you have then you have artists. And so we saw um, some work by artists who are known all over the world, who have pieces in Europe, pieces in the United States. Um, some of the art was sanctioned by the city. Some of the art was not. Some of it was approved by the, um, you know, the property owners that they're building, that the, the art was on. Sometimes it wasn't. And the tour guide did an amazing job of just um, of walking us through both the history of the art specifically and tying it into the history and story of Bogota as a, as a city and Colombia as a country. And so that was a really, I think it was a really great way to start our trip. 
It was weird because when I go on vacation, I'm used to being on the beach all the time, basically. But Bogota is in the mountains. And so I, we were dressed for the fall or, you know, early spring for part of the trip and then dressed for the beach for the other part of the trip. So that made that was a, a new experience for me. But it was it was amazing. And so I wanted to just talk about very quickly five things that I realized when I was in Colombia. And... When in the last two times specifically when I've traveled outside of the country, the last time um, before this recent trip, I was in Brazil last March and then Colombia this time. Before that, I've been to Jamaica. I've been to Dominican Republic. I've been to Puerto Rico. And these places are places that I'm, I'm more familiar with. Portuguese in Brazil is a language I've never spoken, don't know, you know, I, I, don't, I still don't speak it, um, although I learned a word or two while we were there and in, in, in preparation for that trip. But what happens, what I, I noticed that what happens when I go to, when I visited these two countries, Brazil and Colombia specifically, is that I found like my mind, it, like something shifts in your mind when you recognize that you're in a place where most of the people around you don't speak your language, that you are living and, and traveling and working um, or, you know, moving around amongst people who are living their everyday life. And I noticed what was different about these two trips and spe specifically um, is that I didn't stay on a resort. And so there weren't people whose jobs it were to sort of um, to cater, so to speak, to travelers. So, you know, I would we were piecing together um, our bits of Spanish that we had learned to try and communicate with the um, with the front desk person at the hotel, or trying to tell the um, you know the woman at the ice cream place that we wanted to taste the ice cream and not knowing how to actually communicate that, and so you find yourself like you work you're working your mind and your and your experience and your awareness in a different way when you are immersing yourself in a culture when you're staying amongst the people so to speak and i think that that has is now my new my favorite way to travel because when you're on a resort resorts are fun i mean they're great you got your you know your watered down version of the food of the native food so to speak or the food of of, of the country that you're in um, usually you have access to a lot of alcohol hopefully it's not too cheap but you don't get to experience the the feel of where you are in the way that you do when you are staying in an Airbnb place, for example, which is where we um, we managed to stay in at, when we were in Colombia, we um, in, in Cartagena especially. But it was just amazing, and I. Um, I always look for black people, <laughs> no matter where I go. I look for black people who are either American or black people from anywhere. But I loved seeing people who were my complexion, who were from Colombia. To me, I don't know what it is, but I just, I love black people. I love seeing black people. And although I couldn't, there was a one, one woman that um, we met when we were on the beach, could not really understand very much of what she was saying. I was able to, we were able to communicate a little bit, but to meet her and to see she was beautiful and she was and it just it made it was a, one of the highlights of my trip to be able to try to to tell she told me she was just like um you know negra es especial like something's very special about black skin and she was touching her skin which was darker than mine and it just made me it just it just filled me with pride and so um i think the diaspora is um is 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 just is something to 
be observed and something to be honored and, and appreciated because there are black people probably in every corner of this world and people of color in every corner of this world. And so I think that was a, um, that was a really cool experience. But the five things that I realized about generally about travel, um, specifically when I was on this trip, the first is that I had the ability to be there. And, you know, when you are, when it's easy to take the ability to travel or to go and get up and go and do anything for granted. But when you can think that I was able to spend or that you're able to spend X number of days in number one, that you can take X number of days off from your job. Number two, Hopefully those days are paid days you can take off of your job, which is the case for me. Number three, that you can afford to take those days off from work and that you can then afford to take a vacation from where you live to go somewhere else, be it 20 minutes away or, you know, six hours on a plane away. And that was, it's, it's really humbling to think about that because I think in this time it is, it seems sexy to travel, right? Tra- travel's all, always been fly, but there's something that at least in, in maybe my awareness of it is heightened now because maybe it's because of the group of the friends that I have or the age that we're at and, you know, people are just picking up and going and taking, getting these flight deals and going to Dubai and blah, blah, blah. blah. But I remember when, you know, my family is, um, is from Jamaica and, you know, I never had the opportunity to go to Jamaica when I was growing up because we didn't, we only went there for funerals or to go save someone from themselves. And so children didn't go on those trips. And, um, and so I, I didn't get my passport until 2009, I believe. And I remember there was a time where my friends, most of my line sisters were going to Jamaica. I think it was right after we had graduated from college and I couldn't go. And I still look at those pictures and feel some kind of way. So, and, and more so, and not obviously not about them, but because it's like, that was an opportunity that I couldn't, I couldn't be a part of. And so, be mindful and be grateful that you, if you have the ability to go anywhere. And I was very aware of that and I'm very grateful for that. And, um, yeah. The second thing I realized while I was on vacation is that there is so much world to see and being in Bogota being in Cartagena, um, being able to go to Brazil last year, it there's just there's there's so much culture, there's so much experience, there's so much there are other governments, there are other industries, there are other things, there are other politics, there are other things that make other places work and go. And, you know, you spend time in the United States every day. And so it's, I mean, this is our world. This is our frame of reference. But when you see, when you have the opportunity to go somewhere else, you get to see how, what else there is out there. And to just be able to walk through, for example, we walked through, we were in Bogota. It might've been, uh, was it Monday or Tuesday? We were down there and we were walking the streets. We didn't have anywhere to be. And we saw there were so many people out in the middle of a workday, like hanging out, hanging out on the square. And these were people who were dressed in business clothes, dressed in full suits, getting their shoes shined. And we just, I just didn't understand it. We didn't understand like if it was 
was it a lunch break? It wasn't a lunch break because it was a little bit before lunchtime. And then people were still out there after lunchtime. They weren't touristy. They were talking to each other. They were hanging out. They were eating food. They were smoking cigars. They were doing all these things. And we were just like in the middle of it. And what was so, I think not even, even still not exactly understanding what that piece of that culture might mean or what that significance might have been just to have been able to to witness that just to have been able to notice the um the skateboard park in Bogota or the the police presence out there or the way that things kind of shut down at a certain time in certain parts of the city and and just being able to experience that is um it just really just makes you realize what you don't know about and and not even just you know about traveling outside of the 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 country but even within the United States there are places that have different cultures than the places that I've been exposed to and so travel ha- being able to go to other places it's really a pr- privilege and, and and a humbling experience to be able to witness the way that other people live their lives every day and the and to learn more about how other people do things and to dispel assumptions that we have about what people ha- do or do not have for example and I, I have to admit when I went to Colombia I didn't know what to expect so I was wrong probably wrongly surprised that the the streets were so well paved or that people drove on the right side of the road. I didn't, I didn't, I know that it wasn't a British colony, so I should have known better that it, that people wouldn't have been driving on the left, but that was, that was something, just something that I observed. There were police officers who would ride two to a motorcycle. There were, um, you know, they were carrying the big, the big billy clubs that you, that I remember seeing in the nineties. And just, you just see these different things. You see these dogs roaming the streets, these stray dogs that in some countries are, um, you know, they all look like one kind of dog, but you see stray dogs that are poodles. They're big dogs. They're little dogs. The police officers have Rottweilers and German shepherds and golden retrievers as their, as their police dogs and not just, you know, the standard German shepherd that at least I, I observe in the United States. And, um, you see the cathedrals and you eat the empanadas and you, and it was just like, I'm, as I'm obviously, I still probably sound very excited about this, but it was just a, it was a really great experience. So, um, just to, get back to the main point. It's just, there's so much world out there, even within these United States and outside. And if you ever have the opportunity to not necessarily have to get on a plane to go somewhere or not necessarily have to spend a whole bunch of money to do so, but just go see, see something else outside of the world that you current, that you live in and you operate in every day. And it'll just really enhance your appreciation for what you currently have and for what else exists beyond the, the world that you live in every day. The third thing that I realized when I was in Colombia is that not everybody is pressed to speak English, and that is fine. And I say that to say I had to catch myself many times on the trip when I encountered people in different places that we went to, and I was expecting them to speak English. And it's like I was expecting them to speak English, even though I knew that there was a possibility that they wouldn't be and that it would make sense if they wouldn't speak English. But I I just had to check myself. And, um, you know, of course, we did. We encountered plenty of people who spoke um, who spoke English, but we encountered a lot of people who didn't. And so we had to piece together, you know, between us, our high school level Spanish to try and make sure that we should try and do our best to communicate. And I'm sure it was a comedic act to observe, but the, uh, God bless the people who interacted with us and were very patient with us and managed to help us to get to where we needed to go when we needed to get there. 
But um, I really need to learn to speak another language. And I really, and it made me think about how easy it is for just to just assume that people are going to be able to speak to you in the language that you speak. And again, knowing that you're in another country, if you're not on a resort, chances are that that's not going to be the case. And so, you know, do take a little effort to learn some, to, to draw on the language of the place that you're in and do your best to try and communicate with people. I, um, I think it, it makes the experience a lot more fun when you really take time to try and, and actually speak and communicate to people in the language that they speak. And it made me think about, honestly, people who come to the United States who don't speak English, and how challenging, and not just to come here to visit, but people who come here to live, how challenging it must be to just move around every day, and how much respect I have for people who, um, you know, who immigrate to this country, who may not have a support network, who may not have access to resources to necessarily um, to help get them started, so to speak, but they make it here anyway, and um, and. I was just, I'm just grateful for, just for the perspective. The fourth thing I realized when I was in Colombia is that I might not be able to travel as much as I'd like to. And I mentioned this earlier, but I think that we are, at least I am, and my, it might be just my particular circle of friends, but we're in a time where traveling is sexy. Flight deals are popping. There are apps everywhere. You know, these kinds of things. You can set up email alerts or a kayak and all these different places. And, you know, in the drop of a dime, people can go from, you know, not having travel plans to be, you know, getting ready to go on a 10-day trip to all across Europe, for example. And... That's cool, and that is is great for the people who can do that. And but at the same time, I know, and I and I think I you know recognize that not everybody can do that. Like I mentioned that earlier, but I personally can't get caught. I might not be able to get swept up in that I'm going to travel everywhere that everybody else is going when everybody else is going because time and funds, right? And so it's. It makes me sad, but at the same time, the fact that I can sit here and say that I was I was in another country, you know, five days ago, and that I had the opportunity to go to another country less than a year ago, it's huge, and it's not to be taken. I don't take it lightly that I had the opportunity to have those experiences, and I think it's important that. If you do have the opportunity to go other places and to see, experience other cultures, that you take a beat and you and you appreciate the fact that you're there, um, because it's not something that everyone can do. And um, and I am really, uh, like I said, honored that I can say that I've been able to do, um, I've been able to do these things but I might not be able to do them as frequently as other people. And that's okay. And that is okay. And that, and I think that that speaks to a larger point that just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that you should or that you have to. And so you don't, you know, put yourself in thousands of dollars of debt just to be out here saying that you had an experience just for the sake of having the experience. Not to say that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't sacrifice or you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to go, but don't harm yourself financially in the process because you, to come back, uh, there's a, um, I'm going to find, I'm going to try and find this little cartoon that, um, 
that was a friend of mine sent me a couple of weeks ago, or I think I came up in one of my in one of my um, my group meet chats. But it was this person, is this woman who she was like it was like four different frames, and she's like, you know, you only buy the bare necessities for clothes. You you know you spend you're conscious of how much money you're spending at the grocery store. You do these things, but then when you get to the, the you know the travel counter, she had the picture ends where she has money thrown up in the air. She's wearing sunglasses and a fur coat because she's balling now. Now all of a sudden she got on this money and maybe she had all this money because she scrimped, you know, and saved on the, um, did I say scrimp, um, scrimped and saved? You know, I'm not trying to say it's like scrimps, but she basically saved up all her money in these other areas of her life so she could afford to ball out. Uh, while she was traveling or she is balling and she's pretending that she's balling and and still broke no matter what so either way be responsible with your finances don't try to keep up with um, people if you actually can't afford to or if you don't have plans to be able to make sure that you're living within your means and can um, and take advantage of things like flight deals and take advantage of of traveling in groups and groupons and all that kind of stuff be reasonable do things that you can afford to do um, and um, you know, if you can have the experience, excellent, but know that God willing, you know, your time will be able to come if you can't um, go, you know, in two weeks when your friends are going on that fly, that fly trip. The fifth thing I realized when I was in Colombia is that unplugging and resetting is so necessary to be able to wake up, even though we had Wi-Fi, but to not be, um, first of all, not have to go to work and deal with work emails, but to kind of be, to deal with life at your own pace and not be stressed and not be, you know, tethered to the phone or to the television. We barely watched TV while we were there and it was great. And so I think that I want to figure out a way I need to implement that in my own life and and try to do maybe try to do it on a weekly basis to find a period of time when I'm not sleeping um, during the week or on the weekend to just unplug, to leave the devices, leave the television, and just do some reading, just to do some sitting and reflecting. Um, but that was that was so nice. And it was, I think it was particularly um amazing because I was so um I was so almost burned out from work leading up to the trip that it was I just enjoyed it so much. And I think that there is real value in um, in trying to incorporate that in our everyday lives. So those are the five things that I realized while I was on vacation in Columbia last week. And um, thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, feel free to send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. Um, thank you for your ratings and reviews. I still can't believe that I was highlighted on iTunes for Black History Month among some of the most popular podcasts that are out right now. So that is still blowing my mind, but that is as a result of your thought felt comments and um, and support on a um, on a regular basis for the show, so I am grateful to you for that. This week's review comes from Tushi44. 
It says, relatable is an understatement. Listening, I found myself shaking my head saying, "Mm -mm, yep, that's right, preach girl. This content is beyond relatable. Tiffany has incredible wit and a little sass, which makes it all the much more enjoyable. As a young black professional woman, I often find it challenging to keep up with the pressure and trends of dieting and looking good by any means necessary. Tiffany helps make it clear that we can all do what makes sense to us because we're grown and individuals. I'm an avid fan and will continue to support throughout. Keep them coming, lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for your thoughtful comment. I really like I, I don't really know if y'all understand how much I appreciate um, your feedback and your comments. That's why I, I mentioned every episode um, to, you know, follow me and get at me on Twitter. Send me an email because I would love to hear from you. I do this. Um, I talk into this microphone on a, you know, on a regular basis to connect with you all. And I'm just I'm sharing these things, you know, somewhat off the top of my head. But I love to hear what you think about them. I love to hear your comments on the things that I'm talking about. So just, you know, as you're listening, I've had a couple people, actually, I want to shout out two people on Twitter um, who commented during the episodes as they listen. It's uh, A underscore Abwaje and Sharif Jackson. I appreciate you guys for, um, you know, kind of giving me live feedback as you listen to the show. So if you are interested in doing that, just send me a tweet um, and I will respond and I would love to interact with you. So um, I look forward to hearing from you after this episode and going forward. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace. Peace.